Welcome to Do The Woo, episode 63. I'm Jonathan Wold, and with me is my illustrious co-host, Bob. Bob, how are you? Good. I'm doing excellent. Yourself, Jonathan? I'm doing really well. I'm enjoying summertime. It's starting to get nice and warm here, and but it's that perfect temperature where it's not too hot. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It almost makes me think that there's not a virus out there, except that I still have to wear the mask all the time. I'm not complaining about it. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I same here. I'm, you know, doing good. Weather's weather's actually been very dry. We were talking beforehand how wet it is over here, but it's been very dry lately. Nice. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's good. But, uh, anyway, I'm excited, um, for our guests. So I'm going to let you, uh, kind of dive in here shortly. Uh, why don't I real quickly thank our sponsors awesome. Yep, and, WooCommerce.com, of course, uh, our community sponsor. Uh, you may have seen that 4.3 came out last week. Hope everything is going cool and smooth with that. I did a little post on that. So um, good stuff on the WooCommerce front. Uh, Recapture.io, email marketing solution, abandoned cart. Listen in. You can get a 60-day free uh, trial to check them out. And modeeffect.com. Cody and his team over there. Great agency. If you're, you know, whether you're running your own site or even building sites, they're a great one to partner up to help you with optimization and speed of your site. So thank our sponsors and let's let's get on it, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, Killian, welcome to the show. Thanks that you thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. No, it's uh it's a pleasure to be on the show with both of you. So Killian, how we'll just get, jump into your introduction. Tell us, how do you do the woo? Yeah, you know, it's it's the way that we do just about all of our software development processes, and it's just to keep it stupid simple. And, you know, we kind of take it as simply as possible. You know, in, in the office here at Sezzle, we've got a poster office that we don't necessarily go to uh, day right. Day right now. Uh, but but everyone still knows that that poster is up in the office, that, you know, the longer it that something takes to launch, the less likely it is to succeed. And so our approach is always to keep our integration, anything that we're doing, as simple as possible get it out there and continue to iterate. And obviously with WooCommerce, that's, you know, it's an open source platform and that's that's the approach there as well, right? Is uh, keep it simple and go one release at a time. So just to give folks some context, so tell us a bit about Sezzle and sort of what, what, what it's about and the company as a whole, and then we'll start talking about Woo. Yeah, absolutely. So Sezzle is a, a payment company that is offering shoppers interest-free installment payments and so I didn't imagine it as a checkout, a payment option you see in checkout. And we break up the purchase amount into four interest-free installments over the course of six weeks. So the company's mission is financially empowering the next generation. So ultimately with these payment options, we're looking to offer these installment payments to users that may or not may or may not already have a credit card mm-hmm. coming out of the financial crisis and the card act of 09 a lot of younger consumers aren't necessarily getting access to credit cards or other credit products, either because they're not getting approved for them or there's an aversion to them. And so we're looking to offer this service to people who are trying to figure out, hey, how do I get myself into a better space financially? How do I get access to buy the things that I want today? And for our retailers, we're offering a way to keep their shoppers engaged and offer this, this credit product. You know, Our product is merchant funded, so merchants do pay like it's a processing, co- uh, you know, additional processing costs for for these purchases. But it enables us to offer these interest free to shoppers. Why did you decide that? That's a pretty big switch, right? Like normally you can either typically you put it on the consumer and charge them the interest. But you guys have made sort of drew that line. 
I'm curious about the, what was the thinking behind that? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we're a e-commerce focused company and you see that, you know, if you can offer free shipping, your conversion rates are going to be higher. So I think anytime you tack on a larger cost to the purchase, that that works its way into the into the product lifecycle and the, the shopping lifecycle for a user. But but really for us, the mission is the financial empowerment side of things. Yeah. And and we know that our shoppers have an aversion to credit products. And a lot of that is just a lack of education or a lack of training on some yep. of those, right? And so what our product does is that if you have failed a payment, you can't use this again until you fix that failed payment. So you can't use this for another order. Uh, we allow shoppers to reschedule their payments once for free per, per order as well. So um, there are all of these penalty-free scenarios for shoppers in our product to really learn and really work closely with us um, on making these installment payments work for them, right? And so uh, that's, that's, we're really trying to help them and the merchants are really joining us in that mission, right? They're saying, hey, we also want to, these are, these are shared customers. We want to, we want to join you and trying to empower them and learning how to use these credit products and to ultimately grow brand loyalty with us as a brand. Yeah. And, and for them, it's a, a customer that they might not have been able to have otherwise. And it's worth paying that, that cost for being able to, to give access to the products that they're offering. Exactly. That's, that's cool. Excellent. So tell us about your journey to WooCommerce. Like when did Woo um, first sort of come onto the radar for you, for, for the company? Like, what's that journey look like? Yeah. You know, I, like, I, I can talk about that in a couple of different dimensions, right? Like my own, my own journey into, into awesome. open source and then kind of Sezzle's journey into it as well. So, you know, I, I started as a, a student out in New York and, uh, but, but even at an early age, like I've been a technologist kind of lifelong, um, writing websites, basic, um, C, whatever you could program. I was trying to figure out a way to do it. And, you know, at some point in, in that, uh, time period, I, I got into websites and, and got into WordPress a little bit more and and, and saw a lot of power in building a, a CMS platform that, that anyone could work with and and enabled me to be flexible enough with things I was building. But then I went off to school and, you know, you, you kind of lose touch with some of those things and um, eventually made my way to meet our uh, the other two co-founders of Sezzle and decided actually that what I was learning in the payments and e-commerce space was more relevant than what I was doing in school. So I actually helped them join and build the original product out. And, uh, you know, I, at the time, had also been working on a lot of open source software, mostly mm -hmm. for Docker and DevOps. So my focus has often been on platform and how do you build a platform to enable anyone to build anything that they need to. And so I saw Docker as being a very powerful tool there. And so, you know, I came into Sezzle, helped build out, you know, call that the original platform on, on how do we enable the team to build and build sustainable software here and had to do a, a pretty deep dive on the checkout and payments and e-commerce as, as a result of that. And as Sezzle started building our platform out and started integrating with various e-commerce platforms, you know, WooCommerce wasn't the first platform we built for. Yeah. I looked out and, and often we're we're always, we've always got our ear to the ground. We're listening to our clients, our merchants and our shoppers as kind of our two key stakeholders and merchants wanted us on Shopify, right? That was just the, the platform of choice at the time. And, and they had a quick, simple, easy API that enabled us as a partner in their ecosystem to build to it. And they've, they've been a great partner along that. And so that was where our first integration point was. And then our next one was kind of more of the, uh, we moved into Magento because again, mm -hmm. we had merchants that were demanding Magento. And a bit of a different approach, right? Where they had 
uh, extension that we could build. We could list it on a marketplace, but it was code that was being packaged to work in the platform. And, you know, we got that out. And again, Magenta has been a, a great partner on, on getting this thing out there. Um, but, you know, there, there are challenges in that platform that there are so many diverse versions and a lot of, yeah. a lot of customization that goes into each platform version. And so then, you know, the next merchant group and cohort came up and said, hey, it's time to build for WooCommerce. And so I, I was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm new to WooCommerce. Let's figure out what's going on with this platform. And my kind of first blush reaction was, uh-oh, we've got another PHP thing. Source. There might be a lot of this customization out there. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah, let's dive in. Let's figure it out. And, you know, the team was able to build our integration in a single file in two days with, with WooCommerce. And it, it worked for everyone. It didn't, it didn't have a problem that we had. On, on some other platforms in the past. And that was kind of where, I, where we kind of first got me, right? Yeah. Um, and saying, hey, you know, this is a powerful platform. This, uh, you know, with kind of my background is like, how do you enable sustainable software? How do you enable a community? How do you enable an, a team? I saw that as being very powerful in the, in the tools, the hooks, the things that were open, um, I think were very thoughtful and, and well-designed and made it, I think, really, really simple for us to get something up and running quickly. Granted, our extension is a lot more complex now than a single file. Right. And, and um, you know, that's where you, you learn and, and iterate. Slow barrier of entry to sort of be able to get, get it started. Right. Uh, I got one more question, Bob. I'm feeling, I'm <laughs> this is super interesting. Um, so one of the things that I'm curious about, like you have the advantage from my point of view of being like newer to the Woo ecosystem. So I'm curious about your perception. Like one of the things I find, with Woo being open source, not having the same funding that Shopify has, like having small teams and it being much like people tend to both overlook and just underestimate its size. And I'm curious, like, you know a lot more about it now, but I'm curious about your perceptions journey of like, you mentioned one aspect of your perception was like, oh no, another PHP application. Any thoughts that you can share on like how you felt about the ecosystem when you first started looking and, and how that's evolved to, to how you think about it now? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, I came into it, maybe I'll back up a little bit. The way that I often think about e-commerce platforms, because at this point, Sezzle, we're integrated with a lot of them as a payment option. Right? Yes. And so, you know, I think about it often, and obviously there are a lot of ways to look at this, but on a, on a matrix that kind of spans from kind of think about it as merchant size uh -huh. and then kind of platform type and customiz customization within there. So on that first axis, right, you have your SMB clients, your smallest clients. I'm trying to sell some t-shirts that I'm making in my garage right now, and I want to get a site up and running. And then you have your Fortune 500 enterprises who are on you know, other platforms that are out there, right? And then on the other set of axes, you've got kind of your licensed API-driven, um, call them less flexible platforms, right? Where you don't really have the ability to get in and work with them. And then at the very bottom, you have hey, I've, I've built this from my own Ruby on Rails stack and I've built this completely custom, right? Um, and I think of all these platforms more or less on that matrix. And it's important for us because it, it kind of, it's a, a measure of how hard is this for us to build? How hard is this for us to maintain? But it also is like, well, how, who does this enable, right? And I see WooCommerce um, at the time, I saw that as being very SMB focused, very custom. Mm. Where I was coming from, as you think about Magento, right? So. And so then as I got into it, I was like, no, actually, this is more of a democratized commerce platform, right? It's, it really sits kind of at the middle of all of these things because it, it doesn't just tailor itself to SMBs. It does tailor itself to enterprise. 
to a certain extent, given the flexibility. Uh, it doesn't just tailor itself to being a custom platform because there's a lot of great structure and a lot of uh, really diverse platform ecosystem for installing extensions and for partners to work with it. And so it, I saw it in an interesting position as being right in the middle of all of these, which is, is relatively rare in the e-commerce space where there's a lot of sprawl of platforms and, and a lot of different problems people are trying to solve. Yeah, the way that I think about this, when I compare Shopify, like, so I, I don't get me wrong, I love what they've done. Like they've done some really good work in the space as a whole. At the end of the day, there's this like rent versus own like build paradigm and ultimately, well, the, like the way that we tend to think of this is, and it's kind of a it's kind of a quiet strategy because we don't have the same amount of resources. But it's like over time, you see the low end of the market tend to gravitate towards open source, where the because we democratize it, like we take the things that are done on proprietary platforms and make it available to everyone. And so you'll you, we tend to lower the barrier of entry as time goes on because we don't have the same driving factors, right? Like the mission is bigger. We're not. It's not. We're we don't have. We have shareholders to make happy, but it's in a very sort of different sense. And then on the high end, that's what's also interesting and often, often underestimated is that we start we start to see more and more of these larger enterprises who are saying we need the flexibility again and or and or they're motivated by we don't want to be giving away so much of our margin to this proprietary platform. So it's a, like a very kind of quiet, understated thing, but it's something that you see more and more as time goes on. Like in my ideal state, there's a healthy balance between there being proprietary platforms that drive innovation, where they can do things more quickly, they can, they have more resources available to them. But over time, I don't want a state where like that's ever the the dominant platform, and it's it's interesting. It's so it, uh, I'll get off my little soapbox, but it's uh, <laughs> it's very interesting to watch. It's it's it surprised me. Like I've been in WordPress for more than 14 years. I've watched Woo, but now that I'm part of Woo. And like seeing it from a different perspective, there's been a lot of surprises for me. Like, wow, it's a lot bigger. There's it's like open source momentum is hard to kind of put your finger on. But then like you see it and once it starts building, it's very hard to to untangle that momentum. Yeah. And it's to a certain extent similar to and even as I'm uh, building a team and, and, and really trying to find like a really strong software engineer that I talk about the development process of a software engineer, it's kind of similar in the way that you're talking about the different kind of rent versus buy and e-commerce platforms. Mm. Because, you know, and, and even how you'd get into something like WooCommerce, you know, when I started with WooCommerce, that was like, okay, well, how do I install WooCommerce? How do I get WordPress up? I don't know anything about this. And so can I find a blog post out there? Can I find a tutorial? Can I find some resource that just says, I know nothing. How do I get from zero to something? And so you go out and find that blog post. And then you're like, okay, awesome. I've got this thing up and running. And now as I kind of progress, like I'm not a beginner on this thing anymore. I kind of know how it works a little bit. Show me some documentation, right? I want to see some documentation on what really does this platform expose? What is it? What, what can I do with it? Right? What can I do with this tech, this system that I'm working with? And, and then you start to work with that. You play with that. And that's a pretty long part of the development phase as, as an engineer is like, what, is, what have other people been out there? What have they exposed for me? What can I what can I work with? And how do I build something on top of that? And then you get to the point where it doesn't work as expected or it doesn't do what you need to. And you know, your experienced developer is, I don't really care what your documentation says. I don't necessarily trust it all the time. I want to read the source code. I want to figure out how this thing is really working. And, and that's that important layer and barrier of like, if you're going to be an expert, you really need to know how it works. 
And, and Wook, you know, you have that with WooCommerce. You can get into the source code. You can read the versioning of all this. You can extend it. And, and I think that's, that's that barrier that you can't break when you're just buying something. This episode is brought to you by Modeffect, an e-commerce agency specializing in WooCommerce. Cody and the team at Modeffect not only provide design and development of WooCommerce sites, but they are your partner to help you with site optimization and speed. We all know the importance of a fast-loading shop. Whether it's your customers who will likely leave a slow-loading site, or your customer service reps spending too much time on admin pages loading slow. At Modeffect, they help e-commerce stores get where they need to be by optimizing for speed and increased profits. So if you are tired of losing money and time, I would recommend you visit modeffect.com and have the professionals there get you the high profits and increased speed that you and your WooCommerce site deserves. That's ModeEffect, M-O-D-E-E-F-F-E-C-T dot com. Now let's head on back to the show. I'm curious with, uh, and this is kind of stepping back to what you were talking about before when you were explaining, you know, what your service does, empowering the consumer to make these choices and payments. When you started bringing this to all these different platforms, and it sounds like everybody's embracing it now because they're saying, yeah, this is so cool what you're doing. But was there any reluctance on their part thinking, well, this is a little too flexible as far as payments kind of, you know, OK, you can adjust these, you can do it this way. Or was it initially embraced uh, like, yes, we understand what you're doing for the consumer here? Yeah, you know, I, I think that in the stack of priorities as a retailer, and, and this actually came from the first product, we pivoted our company about a year in. And the first idea was was more as another payment checkout option, but the benefit to the retailer was more of a cost savings thing, right? And everyone's like, yeah, I'd love to save on cost. You know, that's super exciting. You know, we're, we're building a sales pipeline, we're building a product, we're, we're super optimistic that it's gonna launch and be successful. And, and then we go to get it live with folks and they say, well, you know, cost savings is kind of like number five on my list right now. My, my number one thing right now is driving sales. Can you help me drive sales with this product? And that was something that was harder for us, right? And so I'd say that initially, you know, we were able to drive ourselves in by just saying, really, our core value proposition to you as a retailer is that we can help you drive more sales. Uh, we've got a number of A-B tests out there that show that having these installment options engage your shoppers more, right? It shows that there is flexibility in payment options, in purchasing options. You know, you can show them 25% of the purchase price today and they'll pay that over time without additional cost, right? Um, so you're gonna see higher basket sizes. You're gonna see higher conversion rates. Those are the ways that we were able to start getting in. And then, you know, we needed to be able to demonstrate those results before we could get buy-in on that mission, right? And, and that's really the direction that we're going now and, you know, as, as a company, actually, you know, we, we just reincorporated as a, as a benefits corporation. Oh, wow. Um, and so, you know, we look at the world and the community as a whole from a social good perspective. Um, and and that, was, that was really kind of a next stage. We, we didn't have to change anything we were doing. We just wanted to tell the world that and, and find a way to, to really solidify that really into our, our founding docs. 
So with that, I can imagine, and I'm still learning about Sezzle as an organization. I imagine, like, what do you tend to touch on? How far do you go in terms of consumer education? Because you alluded to this, like, focusing on folks who maybe don't have credit or don't haven't really used those products yet. Like, how do you guys think about with this focus on empowerment? You have the the initial interface with Sezzle via the ability to access a product by offering installments. Like, do you also then focus on like trying to educate folks? Like, what does that look like for you guys? How do you carry that out? Yeah, you know, those are those are part of the things that are part of our roadmap as you look at how do we build educational platform into our core platform. I think that the the focus for us now is that the some of the best learning is from practice, right? As a developer, it's like, well, I need to write some code. I need to figure out how to build something on a platform. And then I think as you think about um, you know, consumer and consumer behavior, it's, I need to use this thing and I need that thing in the way that it works to enforce positive behavior, right? And so the way that we look at it right now is that our, our product does that and, and just using it, you're learning the right way to budget, the right way to, to have payment cycles, but we're not throwing penalties on top of any sort of a, a you know, it's, it's more of a, a slap on the hand, hey, you know, let's fix it, let's work together, let's work this thing out. As we look into the future, that's where we're looking at building more of our educational modules into the product um, as a way of keeping you engaged and also sharing some of that educational information. You know, your starting point, though, is that the practice itself, like the way you've structured it, is itself educational in nature because it's like we're not penalizing you. We're teaching like if you split it out over time and you're giving them access to the ability to do things they might not have been able to do otherwise. Yeah. The other thing that we're excited about moving into the future as well uh, is is right now we we don't you know when you think of credit products you generally think well you know uh, what is the, how does that affect my credit score right that's a really important thing for the consumer as well and and we don't you don't need a credit score to use Sezzle as a consumer and we don't affect your credit score as a consumer and so you know it's a really low touch way for people to learn here as well. And the other thing that we're working on building and, and, and partnering with uh, the bureaus on right now is is starting to report repayment behavior for users that are in a, a separate kind of upgraded version of our product. And so, you know, that really helps us fulfill that mission of financial empowerment, because ultimately you still need your credit score in order to go out and get more traditional finance products. Right. And so if we want to help shoppers on that mission, but we want to get them in without the burden of, well, how does that affect me? And, and, and should I use this? And how does this thing work? You know, we want to, we want shoppers to really start building that experience and then say, Hey, I'm ready to make that next step. I want to start building my score, building my future. It seems like to me that your product is so beneficial for both the store owner and agencies. And it's kind of a no brainer where the store owner, you know, singly says, yes, this is a great option. Makes sense. I'm going to be able to do conversions. But then the agencies that are starting to sell out and add or bring that in as an option can say, and they can look like the smart ones. Hey, you know, how you can increase conversions is how have you ever thought about payments? So you've got a real win-win situation on both sides of the coin there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the most important parts of the integration with our product is not just the checkout part of it, because often as a consumer, once you've at, you're at checkout, you're pretty close to making that purchase decision. And you've already kind of gone through that, that mental math of should I buy this thing today or not? And so one of the more important parts of the integration is actually 
the product detail page widgets that we put up, right? So if you imagine you're, you're shopping for a backpack and it's a $100 backpack and they've got under that price, we put a, a JavaScript widget on the page there that says, or for interest-free installment payments of $25 with Sezzle. And you can click into that and you get a pop-up that will walk you through a little bit more about that value proposition to you as a shopper. You know, that's that's really where the value comes for retailers is when you can put that onto the page because because now it's part of that buying process, right? You're you're browsing and it's higher up in that purchase funnel where now you're saying, hey, you know, I may not have done this thing today. I might have waited for a bit. I might have shopped around a little bit more. I might have, you know, kind of figured out, well, is this the best backpack for me? But hey, you know, I, I like what this Cecil brand is doing. I like what this product is doing, or maybe I already know it. Um, you know, I, I, I like this brand. I'm going to make this purchase here today. When you were talking about filling the cart, too, I can see the same way that this is almost an added tool for upsells for the store owner because you get in there and you see this option suddenly in front of you and you think, wow, you know, I'm only spending this much today. And oh, doesn't that look cool? That'd be easy to drop into the cart. And oh, how about that thing, too? Because that psychological look at that price you're putting out right then, even though people get it and know down the road you're paying for it, it's um, it, it seems like a great add-on to you know not only you know, more sales, like you said, conversions, everything. It's that upsell that it can really benefit. I also like the the responsibility loop that you're implying there, because by saying like so to Bob's point, like yeah, you you allow them to be able to to make more of a purchase, but they're also seeing that okay, I can budget for it. Like there's you know I, I, yeah, like you're you're because um, there is this we we tend to index towards wanting that instant gratification, right? And that's great. Like, or especially if you're doing something that like, I want to get a new juicer or something, right? Or I want to get a, uh, I you get the musical instrument so I can start learning something. And then you still have to continue paying it and kind of finish that process out. But you're, you're opening up more opportunities that, that they just wouldn't have otherwise. And that's, that's great. I love that. One of the things I'm curious about, so with Woo, so you're in a number of platforms. I think that's, you're in a great spot to sort of be able to see like what's happening and sort of get a sense of what's going on in the different, in, in the different platforms. What gives you confidence? Like you talked about the quadrants, the, the idea of the axes and sort of what you can see sort of Woo in the middle. Anything more that you can say about what, what, what gives you confidence in Woo as a platform as it is today? that warrants investment and energy into like, where's that confidence coming from for you? Like right now? Yeah. You know, I think that looking at the story of Sezzle, we, we started and originally built our company on a lot of small and mid-sized businesses, right? Obviously as we've grown, that's, that's changed. And we've, we've been able to get ourselves installed into larger brands. And I think that what is very interesting about Woo as a platform and, like I think that within e-commerce, not just for consumers, we we index toward instant gratification, but even as a, a seller, we do right. As as someone that's running your own site, you're saying, "Hey, how quickly can I can I get this thing up and running and working for me as a business, so I can focus on running my business." For for us, the way that we've designed our integrations and tried to to build these integrations out and make it easy for these retailers is. How do we make that application process easy for you? How do we make the integration? How, how quickly can you get up and running with our platform and with our option for your shoppers? And the ease of that and flexibility across multiple retailers and not just kind of a single one-off integration 
helping that integration support uh, time and time again with with retailers. You know, Woo is one of the best and, and uh, most straightforward platforms for us on that, right? And so I think that it's important as you're looking at the health of a platform and, and the reason to invest in that platform is if that's the ecosystem for partners and agencies to, to interact in, there's going to be a lot of success there because any sort of business problem, anything that's cutting edge that, that someone's going to go out there and launch something like Sezzle, they're going to be able to do that and be part of that ecosystem quickly and enable you as a business owner to quickly implement and, and move and, and make those moves within the market. This episode is brought to you by Recapture Abandoned Cart Recovery and Email Marketing for WooCommerce. Anyone who runs a Woo shop knows how frustrating abandoned carts are. And getting them back with Recapture is easy and setup takes less than five minutes. With their ready-to-use emails, you can take them out of the box and start working for you right away. You'll save time having to start from scratch. Abandoned cart emails are managed for you automatically as the email service runs outside of your store, ensuring the best delivery to your customers. Their easy-to-read analytics reports will help you to monitor your cart recovery. And what's really cool is that you can watch what is happening live on your store with Recapture's live cart feed. The plugin is highly optimized, so you don't have to worry about it slowing down your site. And their guarantee of email delivery traffic increase loads, and support make it a valuable investment compared to all those free plugins out there. From what I hear, if you sign up, you'll be joining thousands of merchants who have already recovered over $115 million. Make sure and check them out, and as a listener, get 60 days free with Recapture. Just go to recapture.io forward slash do the woo dash special. And now back to our conversation. Given your experience in the space, um, I always like to sort of contrast that with the other side. Uh, is there any any cautionary tales or any anything that would be like when you sort of look at the future of Woo as a platform? Are there things that to you would be negative indicators or or things that you've seen in other places? Yeah, I, and I might you know just having not uh, done this necessarily myself might be speaking a little bit out of turn. But, you know, anytime you, you know, platforms that are, you know, not necessarily set up for horizontal scaling, meaning they can just kind of, um, you know, hey, I just had, I just had a great ad placement. I just hit 100,000 users on my site that are trying to make a purchase today. Um, you know, the ability to quickly auto scale those things, right? That's where sometimes the challenge does come in here. And, you know, I think that, um that's that's something to continue to improve on. That's something that everyone's trying to figure out is how do we horizontally scale our system, particularly when we've got limited resources, right? We have limited inventory, right? We have limited things here. And um, and so I think that that's, that's just a cautionary tale for I think any system that's really kind of more of a, like you could host it on your own. It is It could be kind of more single tenant and not horizontally scaling. I think that that's, um, you know, a, a challenge as, as you grow that, that you always you always need to be be working through, right? One of the general challenges with Woo is because it's open and because at this point there's so much momentum behind it, it, it takes longer to work on some of those things. Like open source, from my point of view, tends to have, well, like I before this, I was in an enterprise agency. So we did a lot of, a lot of big WordPress stuff. 
And it, you see these cycles where enterprises like would get kind of like tired of WordPress and move to proprietary platform, but then about two years later, they're back more often than not. And so in general, as a rule of thumb, I like open source tends to have about a two year lag, but once it gets, at least in my experience, once it gets that figured out though, then that momentum just continues to build. So I think, yeah, we're, there's a, that, that is one of the challenges right now with Wu is there's a lot of ways that you could host it. Like your experience can vary quite a bit from one place to the next. Some places are fantastic. Others don't really know how to deal with, cause it's a different beast. It's not with WordPress. You can have like, you know, you can over index on caching and that be sort of, all right, don't worry about it. Whereas with commerce, you have all this live interaction to your point, you suddenly you spike in traffic and people are looking for all that live interaction experience and it can really suffer. I think I feel confident it's going to get figured out. That's not to be taken for granted because doing so in an open source way, you have to do it differently. It has to be something you can't force it on people. So it's trickier to do, but I think once you get that, um, it's, it's powerful. There's momentum that just goes from there. And scaling does come up a lot in this podcast. In fact, I'm thinking from here on in, we should have the um, drinking game with scaling because you're guaranteed at least one shot during the podcast, you're going to have to take at least one, if not more, every time scaling is mentioned. It's a good indicator, though, yeah. isn't it, Bob? Like, if that's the question people are asking, yep. like, it means there's the desire to scale, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So <laughs> really good stuff. I, I, It's one thing to say, okay, we have a system here that will break it up into payments, but the concept behind it and your whole goal yeah. is, is amazing. So... I think we'll move right into the announcements. And I know that, Killian, you have an announcement as far as Sizzle that I'd like you to share. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're, I think one of them, we're excited to announce the the Public Benefits Corporation and, and the reincorporation as it kind of pertains to our mission. I think that's one of them. We also very excitingly recently closed a, a 55 million US dollar placement. Uh, we are a publicly listed company in Australia its own entire conversation of its own, if you want to understand why we did that. But uh, we're very excited about that. And we also recently had our, our new executive join, our, our new chief revenue officer, who is bringing a lot of great experience from her 11 years at PayPal, and most recently was their vice president of global accounts over there. So excited to have her come in and will be working. Uh, you know, One of the, the core things that she worked with uh, over there was their, their customer advisory board. And really, really getting a voice of the customer there. And, you know, if, if you think about uh, payments in, in e-commerce and alternative payments, obviously PayPal is, is, a, is a big name in that space. So we're really excited to have Veronica join our team and, and learn from her experience and, and bring that to our Sezzle customers. Wow. Good stuff going on at Sezzle. How about you, Jonathan? What's, um, what's anything uh, you want to pull out that's going on in the Woo world? Uh, there's man, there's so many things happening. The a uh, lot of good stuff happened on the release side. You you already mentioned. Uh, I can't remember it. Is it WooCommerce four three? I think we're up to. Actually, really well. But there's a lot happening there. Um, there one of the fun experiments that I've been involved in recently is WooCommerce Live and just working on helping just connect more folks in the community and our communities are growing fast. Um, I'm I'm as most, as some folks would know, I'm really involved in the meetup side of things and what's happening across that. And to me, it's, it's been so gratifying to see, especially right now, like more and more people coming out and saying, hey, I want to get started. What do I do? 
And it's given us a chance to really live out that mission. Democratizing commerce is not just the platform. It's also the education. It's also the empowerment and, and helping you know, inspire people with what's possible and then equipping them to actually do things. And we're seeing that happen in the community. I, it's, uh, it's been great. All right. Excellent. Lots going on at Woo. And my announcement is, okay, so <laughs> people are probably going to say, Bob, are you at it again? Oh, I'm, I'm doing some big changes to do the Woo. I mean, the whole site. And, and not changes in the sense that it's going to be do the something else. It's still going to be do the woo. So I thought what I'd do is I would just do these tiny little hints. This is all going to happen in September. Tiny little hints in each show in the announcements. Real brief. Something just to tease you and have you think about something. So I'm going to just throw out three words. Connections, insights, perspectives. Think about it. Um, talk amongst yourselves, as some people would say. So that is it. That's my announcement. And uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and I'm going to close this out. Uh, first, Killian, where's a good place for people to connect with you on the web? Yeah, absolutely. I am generally most actually active on LinkedIn. And so if, uh, you know, given that placement, team's going to continue to grow. If you're looking for opportunities, looking to connect people, connect with me at Killian Brackey on LinkedIn. And happy to happy to learn more about what you're doing uh, and, and connect. Excellent. Uh, make sure you connect with Killian over on LinkedIn. And again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, WooCommerce.com, uh, for everything WooCommerce, uh, ModeEffect.com. Check out Cody and his team. They'll help you speed up and optimize your WooCommerce shop. And, of course, Recapture.io for email marketing and car abandonment services. Great stuff. Again, thank you, Killian, for being on the show. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening in. Please do consider subscribing to our podcast. And until next week, do the woo.